pulled out thy tongue for saying so. Sweet masters, be patient for your father's remembrance. Be it a cool. Let me go, I say. I will not till I please. <laughs> you shall hear me. My father charged you in his will to give me good education. You have trained me like a peasant, and I will no longer endure it. Therefore, allow me such exercises as may become a gentleman, or give me the polar lottery my father left me by testament. With that, I will go buy my fortune. And what wilt thou do? Beg when that is spent? <laughs> well, sir, get you in. I will not long be troubled with you. You shall have some part of your will. I pray you leave me. I will no further offend you than becomes me for my good. Get you with him, you old dog. Is old dog my reward? Most true. I have lost my teeth in your service. God be with my old master. He would not have spoke such a word. Is it even so? Begin you to grow upon me? I will physic your rankness and yet give no thousand crowns neither. Holla, <laughs> Dennis. Go for worship. Was not Charles, the Duke's wrestler, here to speak with me? So please you, he is here. And importunes access to you. Call him in. We'll see you now. Twill be a good way. And tomorrow the wrestling is. Good morning to you, worship. Good, Monsieur Charles. What's the new news at the new court? Well, there's no news at court, sir, but the old news. That is, the old duke is banished by his younger brother, the new duke, and three or four loving lords have put themselves into voluntary exile with him. Can you tell of Rosalind, the duke's daughter, be banished with her father? Oh, no. For the duke's daughter, her cousin, so loves her, being ever from their cradles bred together, that she would have followed her exile or have died to stay behind her. She is at the court, and no less beloved of her uncle than his own daughter. And never two ladies loved as they do. Where will the old duke live? They say he's already in the forest of Arden. And are many merry men with him. And there they live like the old Robin Hood of England. <laughs> they say many young gentlemen flock to him every day and fleet the time carelessly as they did in the golden world. What you wrestle tomorrow before the new duke? A marry do I, sir. And I came to acquaint you with a matter. I am given, sir, secretly to understand that your younger brother, Orlando, hath a disposition to come in disguised against me to try a fall. Tomorrow, sir, I wrestle for my credit, and he that escapes me without some broken limb shall acquit him well. Your brother is but young and tender, and for your love I would be loath to foil him, as I must for my own honour if he come in. Therefore, out of my love to you, I came hither to acquaint you with all. Charles, I thank thee for thy love to me, which thou shalt find I will most kindly requite. I had myself notice of my brother's purpose herein, and have by underhand means laboured to dissuade him from it, but he is resolute. I tell thee, Charles, it is the stubbornest young fellow of France, full of ambition. An envious emulator of every man's good parts, a secret and villainous contriver against me, his natural brother. Therefore, use thy discretion. I had as lief thou didst break his neck as his finger, and thou had best look to it. For if thou dost him any slight disgrace, or if he do not mightily grace himself on thee, he will practice against thee by poison entrap thee by some treacherous device, and never leave thee till he obtain thy life by some indirect means or other. 
I assure thee. And almost with tears I speak. There is not one so young and so villainous this day living. I speak but brotherly of you. I am heartily glad I came hither to you. If he come tomorrow, I'll give him his payment. Farewell, good child. Now will I stir this gangster. I hope I shall see an end of him, for my soul, yet I know not why, hates nothing more than he. Yet he's gentle, never schooled and yet learned, full of noble device, of all sorts enchantingly beloved, and indeed so much in the heart of the world, and especially of my own people who best know him, that I am altogether misprized. But it shall not be so long. This wrestler shall clear all. Nothing remains but that I kindle the boy thither, which now I'll go about. I pray thee, Rosalind, sweet my cause, be merry. Oh, dear Celia, I show more mirth than I am mistress of. Would you yet owe a merrier? Unless you could teach me to forget a banished father, you must not learn me how to remember any extraordinary pleasure. Herein I see thou lovest me not with a full weight that I love thee. If my uncle, thy banished father, had banished thy uncle, the duke my father, so thou hadst been still with me, I could have taught my love to take thy father for mine. So wouldst thou, if the truth of thy love to me was so righteously tempered as mine is to thee. Well, I will forget the condition of my estate to rejoice in yours. You know my father hath no child but I, nor none is like to have, and truly when he dies thou shalt be his heir, for what he hath taken away from thy father perforce I will render thee again in affection. Find mine honour I will, and when I break that oath let me turn monster. <laughs> Therefore my sweet rose, my dear rose, oh. be merry. From henceforth I will, cuz, and devise sports. Let me see, what think of you of? Falling in love, marry, I prithee do, to make sport withal. But love no man in good earnest, nor no further sport in sport neither, than with safety of a pure blush thou mayst in honour come off again. What shall be our sport, then? Let us sit and mock the good housewife fortune from her wheel, that her gifts may henceforth be bestowed equally. I would we could do so, for her benefits are mightily misplaced, and the bountiful blind woman doth most mistake in her gifts to women. Tis true, for those that she makes fair she scarce makes honest, and those that she makes honest... She makes very ill-favouredly. How now, wit? Whither wander you? Mistress, you must come away to your father. Were you made the messenger? No, by mine honour. But I was bid to come for you. Where learned you that oath for? Of a certain knight that swore by his honour there were good pancakes, and swore by his honour the mustard was naught. Now I'll stand to it, the pancakes were naught, and the mustard was good, and yet was not the knight forsworn. How prove you that in the great heap of your knowledge? Stand you both forth now. Stroke your chins and swear by your beards that I am a knave. By our beards, if we had them, thou art. By my knavery, if I had it, then I were. Oh. But if you swear by that that is not, you are not forsworn. No more was this knight swearing by his honour, for he never had any. Prithee, who is that thou meanest? One that old Frederick, your father, loves. My father's love is enough to honour him. Enough. Speak no more of him. You'll be whipped for taxation one of these days. The more pity that fools may not speak wisely what wise men do foolishly. By my troth, thou sayest true. 
For since the little wit that fools have was silent, the little foolery that wise men have makes a great show. Here comes Monsieur Lebeau with his mouth full of news, which he will put on us as pigeons feed their young. Then shall we be news crowned. Bonjour, Monsieur Lebeau. What's the news? Fair princess, you have lost much good sport. Sport? Of what colour? What colour, madam? How shall I answer you? As wit and fortune will. Or as the destiny's decree? Well said. That was laid on with a trowel. Nay, if I keep not my rank. That loses thy old smell. <laughs> <laughs> you amaze me, ladies. I would have told you of good wrestling, which you have lost the sight of. Tell us the manners of wrestling. Well, I will tell you the beginning, and if it please your ladyships, you may see the end, for the best is yet to do, and here, where you are, they are coming to perform it. Well, the beginning. But there comes an old man and his three sons, three proper young men, excellent growth and presence. The eldest of the three wrestled with Charles, the Duke's wrestler, which Charles, in a moment, threw him and broke three of his ribs, that there is little hope of life in him. So he served the second, and so the third. Yonder they lie. The poor old man, their father, making such pitiful dole over them that all the beholders take his part with weeping. Alas, but what is the sport, monsieur, that the ladies have lost? <laughs> what well, is that I speak of? <laughs> it is the first time that ever I heard breaking of ribs was sport for ladies. All right, I promised thee. But is there any else longs to see this broken music in his sides? Is there yet another dotes upon rib breaking? Shall we see this wrestling, cousin? You must, if you stay here, for here is the place appointed for the wrestling, and they are ready to perform it. Yonder, sure, they're coming. Let us now stay. Come on, since the youth will not be entreated, his own peril on its fallen. Is yonder the man? Even he, madam. Alas, he's too young, yet he looks successfully. Come now, daughter and cousin. Are you crept hither to see the wrestling? Aye, my liege. So please you give us leave. You will take little delight in it, I can tell.